press the follow or subscribe button in your podcast app to get daily updates from the front. From the journalists of The Australian, here's what's on the front. I'm Kristen Amiot. It's Tuesday, December 13. Findings from an inquiry into Queensland's state-run forensics lab will be handed to Premier Anastasia Palaszczuk today. Commissioner Walter Sofronoff, KC, is expected to recommend a major restructure of the lab and there could be serious implications for lab manager Cathy Allen. Allen and her deputy, Justin Howes, were stood down after evidence of the lab's toxic culture, bungled testing practices and cover-ups were exposed in the Australian's podcast, Shandy's Story. She's also been accused of lying under oath at the inquiry. Australia might be out of the woods as far as the latest COVID-19 wave is concerned, but one part of the community is facing the harsh reality of another Christmas in lockdown, those living in aged care. New figures from the Department of Health show deaths in aged care homes has tripled since October, and while they're yet to match the August peak, they are increasing at a concerning rate, and it comes on the heels of the Albanese government's national COVID plan. That's first up. Plus, later in the episode, we delve into the weird and wonderful world of the White Lotus. A year after the coronavirus caused mayhem and devastation in Australia's nursing homes, some of our most vulnerable citizens are facing another Christmas in lockdown. Family reunions and holiday plans have also been thrown into doubt as a new wave of COVID-19 rips through aged care facilities around the country. Jess Malcolm is a reporter with The Australian and she joins me now. Jess, just how bad has this latest wave of COVID-19 been for aged care homes? Been looking at the numbers across the last few months and we're really in the thick of it again. New weekly cases in residential aged care facilities have increased five times since transmission began rising in early October, while deaths are up more than eight times over the same period. So the latest available figures, according to the Department of Health published weekly in their COVID snapshot, show infections rose by 3,000 new cases while there were 63 deaths. Now that surge in cases is the highest weekly jump we've seen since COVID spread rampant through homes during the recent winter wave. One of the most tragic parts of the pandemic, particularly in those early days, was the devastation wrought upon aged care facilities around the country. Well, the COVID outbreak at an aged care facility in Sydney's northwest has grown to five, with two more residents taken to hospital with the virus overnight. The childhood sweethearts are residents at Summit Care in Sydney's northwest, the aged care home under siege by the virus, as it's revealed another worker has tested positive. Are they better equipped to cope with this latest wave and have vaccines made a difference in how they're managed? They definitely are, yes. Aged care providers have told me that antiviral drugs, higher vaccination rates and purely just having a year of experience has left them better prepared for this current wave. And we can really see that in the death numbers. They're still a lot lower than they were at the beginning of the year when they spiked to over 200 deaths a week. Now we're only at 63 deaths in the last weekly change in the most previous reporting period. And while that is very concerning, it's not reached the heights that we saw over the Omicron summer. And generally speaking, what's driving this latest wave in COVID-19 cases? I think at the moment, 
it's to be expected. Everyone is out and about mixing. It's the pre-Christmas festivities, parties. It's really quite similar to what we saw last year. There's, of course, a lot more domestic and international travel happening. But at the same time, we need to think about the fact that there's been a complete removal of domestic restrictions. There's no mandates in the community enforced by state governments anymore, which means that COVID cases have really started to soar. Plenty of Australians, as you said, are looking forward to celebrating their first quote-unquote free Christmas since the pandemic began. Australians are set to spend big in the first restriction-free Christmas in three years, despite fears of the economy coming to a standstill in the new year. You've spoken to representatives from the aged care sector. How likely is it that those facilities will be locked down for another Christmas? I think lockdowns are a thing of the past. That's what providers have told me. There really is no appetite within residential aged care facilities or in the wider community for strict, hard and fast rules. However, while a lot of people in the community are safely expecting that their Christmas is going to look reasonably normal, the aged care sector doesn't have that luxury it's still facing the same troubles that we all went through a year ago. So while COVID feels like it's gone for the rest of us, the aged care sector is still really in the thick of the pandemic. Health Minister Mark Butler unveiled Labor's national COVID plan yesterday. How does that factor into this immediate crisis and what did we learn about how COVID will be managed going forward? So the federal government on Monday unveiled its new national COVID strategy, which is going to guide the country through to living with the virus like it's the common cold. Now, there are a few components of the national plan, which included limited access to PCR testing by requiring GP referrals, but also the federal government has ended its 50-50 funding agreement with the states, which has already sparked backlash from the Australian Medical Association, who called it bewildering and warned that the health system is going to fall even further down the rabbit hole. So I guess it's interesting to look at what's going on in terms of it's this tension between the federal government and the majority of Australia wanting to move towards living with the virus or moving away from what the plan calls COVID-19 exceptionalism. While there are vulnerable members of our community who don't have the option to live with the virus. Jess Malcolm is a reporter with The Australian. Coming up, we find out if any of those wild White Lotus fan theories got it right. My name is Manny Karoudis and I'm a former New South Wales policeman turned investigative reporter with a passion for missing persons cases. I'm here to quickly tell you about our True Crime Australia podcast, The Missing. In this series, I look at old missing persons cases which have all gone cold in an attempt to try and uncover new information which could help see these missing people reunited with their loved ones or any form of clue that could bring these families closure. The Missing is available now wherever you get your podcasts and early and ad-free on Crimex Plus on Apple Podcasts.
It's the series that's captivated our imaginations and consumed group chats with complex theories and speculation. And last night, the second season of The White Lotus came to its grisly end. Ellie Dudley is a reporter with theoz.com.au and she joins me now. Ellie, it seems unlikely, but just in case there's anyone listening who hasn't seen The White Lotus, what is it? And no spoilers, please. Okay, I'll try and keep my spoilers to a minimum, but just keep in mind, I've just watched the finale and I'm dying to share my thoughts with someone. (laughs) This is going to be difficult for me. What is The White Lotus? It's a TV series. It's from the genius brain of a man called Mike White. And this is its second season. So the first season we saw set in Hawaii. It centers around this resort and the people who work at the resort and then the rich and famous who come and stay at the resort. And then season two, we've seen an entirely different cast except for one Miss Tanya McCoyd, who is played by Jennifer Coolidge. Whenever I stay at a White Lotus, I always have a memorable time, always. And we've seen the season move over to Sicily and the brand new season has just come to a close. Italy's just so romantic. You're going to die. They're going to have to drag you out of here. The show, as you said, first made its debut in 2021 when we were in the depths of another lockdown. What makes it so compelling? Is it actually as good as we think it is? Or is it that appointment viewing makes us feel like we're in this cultural moment together? Or is it just that it came along at the right time? I think it's a a multitude of things. I think for starters, it is just that good. I really don't think that it's needed a lockdown or a cultural moment to force us into watching it. It's just after every single episode, you're wanting the next one. And HBO and Binge have been incredibly clever in dropping the episodes one a week so that it means that one episode comes out, you discuss all your theories with your friends, your colleagues, your partner, whatever, and then the next episode comes out and you keep it up. And so it's been really a massive part of the social discourse over the past seven weeks amongst those who have watched it. It's also so good because it always starts with a death. And so the entire season, you're just guessing and guessing who, who could possibly have died? And so that's where all these fan theories come in and, and all these guesses around, you know, how, how it could possibly come to its conclusion. So let's chat about this most recent season, which ended yesterday, as you said, and a big part of that discourse has been the fan theories. Without telling us exactly what happened, were any of those theories on the money this time around? I would say no. I just couldn't believe that Mike White and his team of writers have managed to surprise us again. I cannot stress enough how much these fan theories have dominated social media and regular face-to-face discourse. And so for me to have not heard the theory that was actually what happened in the end was unbelievable to me, that they could come up with something that none of us came up with. It was really phenomenal. And I guess that is a testament to the quality of the writing, as you said. The show has been renewed for a third season. There are rumours that it might be set in Japan. What else do we know about it? And do you think it can sustain the hype for another year? I definitely think that it can sustain the hype for another year. Who knows where it's going to be set? I wouldn't be surprised if these writers threw us for another curveball. I was talking to a friend the other day who was hoping they'd be set in the Wit Sundays very fun. If I had to put a guess out there, I would say that I don't think that they're going to bring back any of the characters that we've seen this season, unless maybe they bring back one. After this last episode, Mike White spoke 
briefly about the finale and said that perhaps the narrative arc of Greg, Tanya's husband, isn't over yet, so he might be returning for the next season. But really, who knows? The beauty of this show is you have no idea where it's going to lead you. And so I think that that's what people will be really looking forward to in the next season is, again, twists and turns and surprises and shocks and bombshells and all the things that you just do not see coming. If you'll indulge me for a second, my very niche theory for season three is that Laura Dern was the voice of Dominic's wife shouting at him in the first episode of this season, which not many people know or will have clocked at the time. Do you really think you should be telling her all this? Why not? I have nothing to be ashamed of, and I'm honest. I don't keep secrets from my family. You should try it sometime. Okay, Jesus. Um, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for everything, and I still love you. But my theory is that perhaps they're setting it up for Laura Dern to be cast in season three. So I guess we'll just have to wait and see. (laughs) I really hope that you're right, Kristen, because that sounds very, very fun, but I'm very hesitant to speak in absolutes at the moment because I just know I'm going to be wrong. (laughs) Ellie Dudley is a reporter with theoz.com.au. You can read her review of The White Lotus as well as our ongoing coverage of the DNA Commission of Inquiry's findings right now at theaustralian.com.au. Access a world of true crime podcasts on CrimeX Plus, where award-winning journalists take a deep dive into unsolved cases. Every week we're waking up to a dead woman, a dead mother, sister, auntie, grandmother... It's not good enough. From the team that brought you The Teacher's Pet, Shadow of Doubt and Dying Rose, unlock early, ad-free and bonus content from brand new series and flagship shows such as I Catch Killers with Gary Jubilant. One was shot in the mouth and I thought he was dead. Another one had been shot with a shotgun and I got the overspray. Search for Crimex Plus on Apple Podcasts to start digging deep into the world of true crime.